Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So I misread the ayah at the end. It's wa tukalimuna aidihim wa tashhadu arjulhum bima kanu yaksibun. Bismillahi walhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Inshallah, continuing with our series here um, during Salatu Taraweeh in the month of Ramadan, uh, titled Illuminated, where we look at many of the ayat in the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, talks about the concept and the idea of a nur, light, illumination. And we've been looking at many of these different ayat, and the majority of these references to a nur. Light and illumination in the Qur'an are actually figurative and allegorical. That in some ayat it represents, it actually talks about the magnificence of Allah. Allahu nuru samawati wal In some verses it actually represents the uh, Qur'an, the revelation of the Qur'an. In some verses it represents the example of the Prophet wasallam. And in many, uh, if not most places that it is mentioned, it actually represents the iman and the faith of a person. And a few places in the Quran that were nude is used more literally uh, to talk about like a physical light where the moon, walqamara nura, right? Where it talks about the moon being a, a, a source of illumination and light. And, but even in those places where it is used in its more literal meaning, it is still part of a greater conversation like we saw in Surah Nuh, a conversation about faith and about iman. Today we're going to be looking at Surah number 61. In Surah number 61, in ayah number 12, or excuse me, in Surah number 61, um, ayah number 8, excuse me, ayah number 8, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about, mentions the concept of nur. And I'll mention it here, but then we'll, we'll have our discussion. Allah, here there's a very interesting dynamic where it is, the, there's an association of the nur. The nur is associated with something, with someone. Where here Allah mentions nur Allah, the light of God, the nur of Allah. So there's this association here, right? This is called idafa in the Arabic language. It's the genitive case. It shows ownership or possession of something. So nur Allah, the light of Allah, the illumination from Allah. So that's a very powerful idea. It's going to talk about something that we have addressed previously in another place. But I wanted us to be able to fully understand and appreciate, you know, where and how and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes this mention of Nur Allah. So when you go all the way back to the beginning of the surah, 
It's very interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَبَّحَ لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ Everything in the heavens and the earth is constantly occupied, has been and will be constantly occupied with the glorification of God. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ لِلَّهِ يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُنَّ تَسْبِيحَكُمْ Everything praises God, praises Allah. You just don't understand it. You just can't fully interpret it. Right? So it says that all of Allah's creation recognizes Allah and worships Allah and praises Allah and glorifies Allah. Speaks of Allah's perfection. But after saying that, that this is where all the creation is. This is the status. This is the spiritual status and the cognizance, the awareness of Allah that all of the creation possesses. But then Allah makes an exception. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Right? Human beings. And specifically amongst human beings, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out the believers. O you who believe. O you who have proclaimed faith. You have said that you are Muslim. لِمَ تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ Why do you not do, why do you say that which you do not do? Why do you preach what you don't practice? You know a lot of times we say, why don't you practice what you preach? No, 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 no. That's not what the Quran says. The Quran is not asking us, why do you, why do you not practice what you preach? Because this might seem subtle, but language is all about subtlety. When you say, why don't you practice what you preach, you are objecting to the practice of the person, but it's basically implying that the problem here is not the preaching. The problem is the practicing. And therein lies the rub. Because if you keep saying the practicing is the problem, the preaching is not the problem, then the guy will just simply say, okay, I'm figuring it out, inshallah, I'm a work in progress. You know, we're all a work in progress. Everything's a work in progress. You know, inshallah, 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 right? And in the meantime, what's the, guy, what's the guy gonna continue to do? Preach. And it's not the good kind where you tell somebody, preach. No, no, no. Right? That guy's gonna keep on flapping his gums. He's gonna keep on, you know, just talking. Just jibber jabber. Nonsense. And meanwhile, there's no spiritual weight. There's no commitment. There's not even thought being put into what are you even saying? What are you even talking about at this point? Right? It's like me starting to give a lecture about physical fitness. I'm being very honest here. I'm, I'm being honest for a reason though because this is the kind of you know, this is the kind of a genuineness we need about this kind of conversation. You understand? Like at some point, you know, it, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist. Like anybody sitting here would kind of be like, Habibi, stop. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are you doing? You're lecturing people about physical fitness. You look like you're 80. Okay? <laughs> so, what, what are you doing? And seriously, Right? Like imagine like I don't have a single word of the Qur'an memorized. Not because of like some disability. I don't have a single word of the Qur'an memorized because I ain't got time. I'm busy. 
had lots of things to do, places to be, people to see. And so I don't even treat it as a priority. And then I get up here on Friday, tomorrow, Jum'ah khutbah, the virtues of memorizing the Qur'an. You know? And now I'm lecturing everybody about, oh, why do you need to memorize the Qur'an? And how do you memorize the Qur'an? Why don't, I, why don't you know more Qur'an? What, what am I talking about here? This is the problem. So that's why Allah did not say, لِمَا لَا تَفَعَلُونَ مَا تَقُولُونَ لَا أَبَدًا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفَعَلُونَ Why are you saying that which you are not doing? And if you'll allow me, if I may, kind of just translate it into common speak, Allah is basically saying, shut up. Be quiet. Stop talking. Sorry. The kid is like, yeah. <laughs> so... I apologize. But Allah is saying, stop talking. Ya insan. Ya ibn Adam. Why are you still speaking? Put the work in. Put the time in. Put the effort in. Stop talking for a moment. Lima taquluna. You're still talking here. So there's a very interesting, the surah starts off very powerfully by connecting the idea of what comes out of your mouth and connecting that to how you live your life. And then, كَبُورَ مَقْتَنْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ It is very displeasing. And one can even translate it as مَقْت It is greatly angering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you to continue to say that which you are not doing. See, the emphasis is still on what you're talking. Because Allah never demanded perfection from us. Understand this, Allah has not demanded perfection from us. Allah, the Qur'an nowhere is telling us to be perfect. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ says, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمَ خطا. Everybody makes mistakes. The thing that you're supposed to do is when you make a mistake, then repent for it, make up for it. So the problem is not that you mess up. The problem is that you insist on talking because there's no obligation in Islam for you to lecture other people. Contrary to popular belief, that is not an obligation in Islam. Oh brother, but what about da'wah? What about da'wah? What about da'wah? Da'wah, is call, da'wah means to call people to Allah, to connect people to Allah. You can do that by handing somebody a translation of the Qur'an. You can do that by supporting da'wah work and initiatives. You are still calling people to Allah. You can do that through your character and your behavior, your honesty, your integrity, your decency. Right? But nobody, there's no obligation in Islam for you to become, you know, some preacher. That's not an obligation. But the obligation in Islam is keep working on bettering yourself. So again, the emphasis is there. And I know that this sounds all very bizarre coming from somebody talking into a mic. May Allah forgive me. I mean it. May Allah forgive me. May Allah forgive all of us. You know who didn't just talk? You know who wasn't just all talk? But they backed it up with action. And in fact, they did a lot more than they said. It was the Sahaba. And that's who Allah talks about. Allah loves those people who fight in the way of Allah. Safan, lined up in rows. Right? Like immovable objects. 
They're like boulders. Their faith. They're like, like a mountain range. But not physically, in terms of faith, spiritually. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Musa alayhi salam, he talks about Isa alayhi salam. And then that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ayah number seven says, Waman adlamu mimman iftara ala Allahil kadhib. That who is more oppressive and who is more evil and who is more wrong than somebody who attributes falsehood to Allah. Like they attribute their own falsehood to Allah. Islam. Whenever they are called to Allah, whenever they are called to Islam, they lie, they make up things, they fabricate things. Allah will never guide people so long as they practice this kind of wrongdoing and falsehood and darkness. And then Allah in ayah number 8 says, and all of this is in an effort to extinguish the light of Allah with their mouths. And I explained previously that this is not in the Arabic language. Allah did not say, بِأَلْسِنَتِهِمْ with their tongues. That would mean their words. Here Allah says, بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ with their mouths. That is an expression in the Arabic language that means they are literally trying to blow it out, to extinguish it by blowing air on it. Like you, how you blow out a candle. They're trying to do that. And the analogy of this is with the sun. Can you imagine somebody going outside like the day today when the sun was out? Beautiful and brilliant. Somebody goes outside and tries to blow out the sun with their mouth by blowing air on it. Nothing. Think about how silly and like ludicrous that is. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it is even more ridiculous for someone to try to put out the light of Allah. For someone to try to do whatever they think is in their power, in their capacity, to do whatever they can to try to extinguish the light of the Quran, the light of Iman, the light of Islam. They cannot do it. Allah will complete His light. Even if the disbelievers, they, dis- they, they dislike this. He, Allah, is the one who sent His Messenger, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with guidance and with the true religion. So that this religion would become clearly superior, dominant over all the other religions that people make up and fabricate. No matter how distasteful this may be to the polytheists, to those who would dare to associate partners to Allah. The beginning of the surah that talked about that preaching or, or practicing what you preach or preaching what you practice, right? How that connects here with this conversation about the light of Allah is that the light of Allah will only be manifest for people. It can only be seen by people. It can only be shared by people. It can only be, you know, um, spread by people whose actions or their words are in accordance with their actions and vice versa. That they preach what they practice. When they talk, that is in accordance with their actions. 
It requires that kind of synchronization of the interior and the exterior. The vahid, the exterior, and the internal, the batin. When there is a synchronization of those two things, the vahid and the batin, now you have the example of Islam. Now that person becomes a lamp. That person becomes a beacon of light. And then that's how Islam is spread. But when you don't have that, Islam will still spread in spite of its practitioners. Not because of. And that's why it spreads slowly but surely. But look what happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Within a hundred years of the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, two-thirds of the civilized world had entered into the fold of Islam. It's astounding. Within 80 years of the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, the Masjid Qurtuba, the Masjid in Cordova, was founded 80 years after the passing of the Prophet ﷺ. Can you fathom that? It's unbelievable. But see, Islam spreads like that when that internal and that external is synchronized. When, that, when people are talking about what they are actually living, then the light the nur of Islam, the nur of Allah radiates. And then that will bring the people to it automatically. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all examples of that light. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to synchronize our internal states along with our external practices. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all as representatives of His deen. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nasaghfirka wa natubu ilayk.